0: Grace, peace, and joy to each of you this day through faith in Christ Jesus. Um, I'm I'm delighted to be here and delighted that Eric really took seriously the assignment. (laughs) So that I I mean, a piece of our ongoing uh, work in faith certainly is making our faith live. So I, I was embroidering this week around the idea of resurrection online. What that might mean for our everyday living—it's about being uh, conscious of the busyness that we engage in, and the research is saying now that we are by far, all those special things that we have been invented to make our lives more simple have actually done the opposite. And um, I was really um, intrigued by the Sabbath discussion of bird watching too, because also research is showing right now that the more time we spend in nature, actually in nature, the greater impact there is on things like our blood pressure, our, um, our, um, all other aspects of our health as well as our engagement with, the, with God's creation. So this whole idea of thinking about what it might mean for resurrection to go live. That would mean looking at the impact that the resurrection actually has on our day-to-day living, not just as a theological idea, but what we, um, what we engage in each day, and our commitment to keep God at the center of all of that. So I give thanks today for the gift of worship, The gift of all of you, of time together, of Cinco de Mayo, yeah, that's coming up, celebration time. And then the attentiveness to what it might mean for each one of us to take a time apart, a time focused on what we believe, and also enjoying who we are and what we're about. Now, um, I've known actually Eric and Joanna and Joanne for a little bit of time, not a long period of time, and I'm, I uh, find them to be really exemplary uh, leaders so you are so blessed to have them and them you as well but um, I want to say that I'm here too to share any stories you want to hear about them <laughs> I actually have more about Joanna than anyone <laughs> So, but, but I want to say that for Eric, Pastor Eric to be working on a doctorate at the same time he is having a life <laughs> and being with you is a statement about you as a community of faith that you are committed to the health, the growth, and the strength of your pastor and your staff. So bravo. Bravo, just North. So I, I want to share with you a, um, a practice that I have developed with my family. And maybe some of you have a similar practice. It, it's something that began, uh, my mother died when I was in college. And so it was a deliberative time after that. I was what, 19, 18, 19 years old. I decided at that point that I would never have a conversation with any member of my family where I didn't end it by saying, I love you. Something that just came into awareness at that time. I say that to my spouse each night as we're getting ready for bed. Um, I love you. I say it every night, and he invariably this gives you a clue about him. He says, "You don't need to say it. <laughs> You're here, right?
1: <laughs> that says it all."
0: Okay. <laughs> so I say practice around this. I practice saying I love you. I don't say habit. I say practice. It's because I'm constantly working on that loving part that's for me, resurrection gone life. Trying my best to put the loving into action and not just consider it a given, right? It's automatic or whatever. The practice of saying, I love you over and over again, I think deepens the relationship. We really don't understand all the implications of the words, I love you, do we? I mean, we, have a, a, we see that very dimly until they are said over and over and over again and actually made real in flesh and blood actions. What does it mean for me to say I love you to my spouse every night before we sleep? I love you can reflect a practice of loving, not just an empty phrase or an automatic response done out of obligation. Saying I love you is part of the practice that becomes a deepened habit that Jesus brings before us in the gospel uh, that we heard today. So I have a colleague, Margaret Markerson. She is a Baptist pastor and she's written a really fine book that brings some of the things we do in healthy congregations together with helping people think about their leadership. It's called Leaders Who Who Last. And she suggests in that book that we're when we are part of a faith community and whatever role that we take, whether it's leadership or followership, it's certainly a great gift to be a follower of Jesus. So that's part of the followership, but that we need to remember three things as members of faith communities to think in threes. It's interesting. She has three things, right? Think in threes, know your own story and know your congregation's story. Think in threes, know your story, and know your congregation's story. So, think in threes, this seems kind of weird, right? Why would we think in threes? Well, the big one, right? God has three aspects. You could bring that right away to the table. Trinity. There's that creative part of God, there's the forgiving part of God, and the part of God that sustains us for the long haul. The New Zealand prayer book describes the Trinity as earthmaker, pain bearer, life giver. I think it's about an action. It's not just a role, but it's about what God has done and will do. There's wisdom in the observation that three becomes one. Mm-hmm. So have you ever heard, the, anyone heard the expression three times a charm? Yeah. yeah, you probably say it. No. Do you ever saying I know um, during the winter uh, this, this winter here in Columbus I had a kid in my front seat right and um, I was nervously trying tried one time two time to start the engine and then I turned to this child and I said three, third times the charm and in, f- in fact the engine didn't turn over but um, wonder about where that comes from that expression three times the charm right? Um, oh, it's also, I don't know if you know this, but when people are, play, uh, are up to bat in baseball, it's often what's said after the second strike third time's the charm for a hit. And it's true that sometimes good and bad things happen in, um, in threes, both good and not so good. It, ta- it really does take three times to get going, to help things sink in, and to make an impact. So, can you think of any other expressions of faith that are three? What was that? Love, faith, hope, faith, hope, and love. That's a great example. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll is a little <laughs> bit. <unfortunate>. <laughs> <laughs> any others? Things that we think in threes. Yes. Live, laugh, and love. Live, laugh, and love. Love. That's great. Lovely. <laughs> Huh? Any others? Luke, Sam, and I only. Oh, <laughs> sure triplets. oh okay, <laughs> triplets, right, right. Yes? When I was a kid, I was raised Catholic, and my mother always used to say, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Um, right? The Holy Family, huh? Yeah. Even uh, if you're looking for property or a new home, what's this expression? Location. <laughs> Location. Location. <laughs> Same word three times, right? <clears throat> or wine, women, and song. You can tell I'm veering in the everyday here. Um, how about reduce, reuse, and recycle? Huh? Uh, truth. What was that? So, there's all these principles about threes, right? Yeah, and Eric was talking earlier today in worship about when one paints, right? That, that, that there's importance of three aspects. Yeah, the, what the golden spot. Golden spot, yes. Yes, sir. Traffic lights have three colors oh. interesting, go uh, slow, <laughs> and stop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nice. nice. I hadn't even thought about that, but there's so much that's built around this. This is this balancing act. Anyone who's working, going to school, or living with other people, though, also knows that we need to express ourselves multiple times, especially, i found, with kids. Before things register, I'm not putting kids down. I actually have to be told three times by my spouse about things as well. But if anyone has ever taken out the garbage... Um, do you know anyone's taken out the garbage after just one request? <laughs> I know I don't, I have to be reminded. Um, uh, how many of us clean our rooms without multiple invitations? And how many of us write thank you notes after one, old en- old, one entry in our, this, these are the things I need to do? So We have another idea? Did I hear? No. Well, um, So there's really interesting examples of this in our Gospel today. First of all, there's this story of Jesus' presence interacting with the fishing disciples, and it's explained as he appears for this massive, I'll call it a fish fry, or a breakfast at Bob Evans with fish, um, is that it is Jesus' third appearance after he's resurrected. Resurrection gone life. And then Jesus asked Peter three separate times. What? Do you love me? Three times. Um, And we can sort of understand this as the author of John's way of canceling canceling out Peter's three denials too. So some scholars think that that might be this balancing act too. But I think that Jesus' persistence is beyond scorekeeping and um, eliminating the denials. The risen Christ ties each one of Peter's confessions of love for him to a command, to care for my sheep. And there that's said three times as well. There's a lot of threes here. What took Peter three times to get and what takes all of us a lifetime to practice is that Jesus' question about loving and his command about feeding are one. Just one, they're connected. They are resurrection gone live. Peter didn't understand immediately the implications of what it means to love love Christ. Truly loving Christ means action. It means the kind of action that you're engaged in, in social justice, in worshiping together, in acknowledging that it is our commitment to Sabbath keeping that lends itself to the depth and breadth of our social justice action. It means loving, protecting, caring for all for whom Christ, those whom Christ loves. Peter, do you love me? Then feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Then tend my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Loving Christ and loving and tending Christ's flock are one and the same thing. So there were three little boys, they were debating about whose mom loved them the most. And the first little boy said, my mommy loves me because I gave her a quarter and she gave it back to me and said, go buy some candy. And the second little boy argued that his mom loved him more because if I give her a quarter, she gives me back two quarters for two pieces of candy. You can see where this is going, can't you? And the third little boy, seeing the direction of this debate, scratched his head and he said, well, my mom loves me more because she would keep the quarter and then tell me how much the quarter will help her pay the bills. Love confessed and love expressed can take many different forms and not all of them are wonderful. Tending sheep and loving Christ and our neighbor is messy It's joyful, it's inconvenient, it's fun, it's upsetting, it's exhausting and uncomfortable. It takes more than just good intentions to make the kind of loving commitment that Jesus was trying to get Peter to acknowledge. It takes habits that grow out of the practice of love in action, habits. Keeping Sabbath is a habit beginning with a practice saying, this is important. I'm going to invest in it. And deepened, thoughtful habits are ways of inhabiting a pattern of living that's an expression of what we believe. So there's a lot of parts of a faithful life that call us to be uh, dependable and persistent in our practice. Being a parent requires that. Being a grandparent, caring for ill family members at whatever age. offering care to strangers, opening up a home for those who are undocumented, loving our neighbors. So I I served a congregation in Oklahoma for 19 years, and um, about 30% of that congregation were farmers. And they would often talk about, and I would go visit to. to uh, hang out with their animals sometimes, and have breakfast with them. But they loved their cows, their sheep, their horses, and their chickens. They loved their way of life. In fact, one of the farm, farm women told me at one point that uh, farmers are the biggest gamblers, because you never know what the next year will bring, right? It's an investment. So, but dairy cows have to be uh, milked regardless at the same time every day. So what these farmers would say is how important that was, it was the practice that developed the habit of love for this way of life. Establishing faith and love as a pattern of living takes commitment, like farmers, to repetition, to uh, ritual, and to reinforcement. So what Jesus did is he repeated the question to Peter three times to strengthen the point. With each, do you love me, the meaning and the inferences behind that question, we're able to fall into Peter's heart. It's about learning by, by heart. We need to have our practices developed into those things that are learned by heart. And rituals don't need to be mindless acts. Rituals well-performed are mindful acts. That's what our worship is all about. We all have our personal rituals, what we do to calm ourselves in the morning, right, in order to get ready for the day, whether it's brushing our teeth or taking a shower or whatever else, walk the dog, make the coffee. Consistency is comforting, and it settles our systems before we launch into something else. That is also what Sabbath does. Faith rituals give us stability when everything else around us, and this is a world that is constantly shifting. That's the power of the habit of Sabbath. Being in worship, considering how to spend one day a week in a different pattern or purpose that centers on the joy of a life of faith, that is part of having habits of the heart. So we need periodic reinforcement to keep the habits of our faith renewed and refreshed. And Sabbath-keeping is a part of that reinforcement. This is also why we need to hear, I love you as often as we need to say it to others. Practiced faithfully, a life cultivated with loving habits create their own reinforcements. And frankly, well-loved and well-tended sheep respond devotedly to their shepherd. So Jesus asks, Do you love me? And we respond, if you would join me in saying three times, I do, I do, I do. I do, I do, I do. I do. So what's a sheep to do? Follow. Amen.